0: to you about is we've talked in the last little while about listening and hearing the voice of God, so I'm going to give you 15 reasons why you don't hear from God, and then of the 15, I just want you to know 14 of them may apply, may not apply, but there is one that probably applies to everybody, and it's actually number 15, and so you have to wait till then to find out which one it is, is. and then I'm going to give you four quick steps on hearing the voice of God, and then we're going to get started in it. One of the things I want to encourage all of those online, um, and I might mess up here, Jill, I don't know where it is on my slides. It's definitely at the end, but it might be right at the beginning as well. We're doing something different. We did it Sunday night, and we're going to continue doing this on Sunday mornings. So if you're at home, and you're worshiping with us, and all of a sudden you feel in your heart God is speaking to you like he did this morning in this room, and you're like, man, I wish I could share this word, I wish I could communicate this word to somebody, if you write this number down, so even if you're in this room, if you want to write down this number, it's 1833-759-0431. Again, 1833-759-0431. And if you write or if you text that number, it will come into us and we will be able to. Um, communicate it and share the words of encouragement at the end of the service. And so I want you to be involved and I want you to use that. Hopefully that you can communicate with us. And so as we get started, if you want point number one, why do we not hear from God? Here's the first reason. Number one, some really don't want to hear from God. Some don't really want to hear from God. And this is where it's tough, because some of us, we don't want to hear from him, because we're actually afraid of what he might ask. Matthew 13, verse 12 and 13 says this, "...whoever has been given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever has not have, even what they have will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand." So some of us don't necessarily want to. Some of us aren't open to the Spirit communicating to us. And so even this morning, we heard a word of tongues over here, and we heard what we can classify as the interpretation. And when we have that happening, some of you in the room might be like, well, that was kind of neat. I don't fully understand it. If you want to talk to me after, I will help you walk through some of that. But what you have to realize is these people, I know them personally, so therefore I can vouch for this, they spend time with the Lord privately. And I was talking with one of the staff members this week and we are just talking about the gifts and operating in prophecy and gifts of um, tongues and interpretation and all these different things. And here is the one thing that you need to know. what You cannot do something publicly that you don't do privately. You will not be able to hear from the Lord and speak publicly if you're not spending time with Him privately. I want you to think of, I always relate stuff to sports. It's just who I am. But if you think of music, if you think of different things like that, what you get to see during, for, for me, what I get to see on game day, when I sit down to watch a game and I get to watch professional athletes compete at their peak level, I don't see the hours and months of training they do on a regular basis to be at the level they're at. Like I watch, like I am a baseball junkie, and so I've watched baseball through a lot of this season, and all of a sudden they're now having their time off. And all I see online is how some of these guys are working now. They haven't even really taken time off to get in shape, to be better for next year. We don't see that. We just see them show up and start playing. And we're like, oh, this guy kind of stinks. Oh, wow, he's really improved. It's a miracle. No, he worked his tail off for three months. And now he's showing up. And you're like, man, he's really improved because of the effort he's put in. And so we can't do privately what we don't do publicly um, or sorry, we can't do publicly what we don't do privately. Point number two. Some of us won't surrender to God until they first know what he wants. And this goes right with number one. Some of us, we don't want to hear him because we don't, we're afraid of what he asks. And then some of us, as we're singing, you're worthy of it all, we don't want to give him all of us because we're a little bit nervous. God, I'm not going to surrender till I know what I'm surrendering to. And so we're hesitant to yield ourselves. But if we don't yield first, you're likely not to hear from him. If you're not willing to say, God, I'm going to follow you, and I will do what you've asked me to do, then he will speak. Number three, unconfessed sins keep us from hearing God. Unconfessed sins. We talked a couple of weeks ago about confession and repentance and how we need to confess our sins. We need to repent because see, here's what Job thirty three fourteen 14 says. For God does speak now one way. Or sorry, no, nope, different verse. I apologize. Psalm 66, 18. If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened if I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. When there's something in between people, think of a relationship. When there's something in between you, communication doesn't work well. If you think husband and wife for a minute, if there is something in between you, if, if there's a disagreement, if there's sin, if there's a break of trust, all of a sudden that communication isn't working the way it should. It's the same with God. If there's sin between us, the communication is not going to be there. Number four. Some have never been taught how to hear God, and so that's what we're going to work on this morning. Maybe you're in here and you're like, "Hearing from God, this this is all new to me," and so we're going to walk through this together. Some people have never been taught how to hear from God. Job thirty-three fourteen says, "For God does for God does speak, now one way, now another, though man may not perceive it." So God spoke before; He speaks now. Maybe you're not hearing it because you're just not in the right place. And so we're going to walk through this and hear from the Lord. We have to realize, even in 1 Samuel 3, think of little Samuel. We hear the story in the Bible where he would go to bed and he would hear his name and he would come running to the priest, Eli, and the Eli would be like, man, stop waking me up. Go back to bed. And then finally he's done it three times and Eli clues in. I think it's the Lord talking to him. And so he just says though, next time you hear it, just say, yes, Lord, I'm your servant, speak. And he begins this relationship with the Lord. Some have never been taught. Number five is unbelief. Some don't believe he speaks. Some do not believe he speaks anymore today. And so if you don't believe that he speaks, then it's going to be challenging for you to hear. Matthew 13, 58 says this. Now he did not come, sorry, he did, now he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. So we don't necessarily want to say uh, lack of faith or unbelief will hinder the work of God, but scripturally, biblically, it will. Here Jesus wasn't able to do a lot of miracles because of their lack of faith or unbelief, depending on your translation. Sensationalists don't believe that God speaks to us today. And so if that's your position at the moment, then you're going to have a very hard time hearing from him. But if you decide to believe, he will speak to you. You will hear him speak. Point number six. Here is the new one that I didn't put in on Sunday night. Fearing it would lead to chaos in the church. Some people don't want the Lord to speak today because they're afraid it might just go chaotic. And we've seen or heard of situations. And I'm shocked by how many people hear of a situation, but actually have never been there. And they just like, well, I heard this can happen. And it's like, unless you experience, unless you've walked in it, don't necessarily listen to hearsay. And the way the Spirit works, here's the other part of it. It's hard to be responsible for other people's actions. Now, we look at 1 Corinthians, and we have to realize that there were some issues in that church. All right, In Corinth, there were some issues, there were some problems because of misuse of the gifts. We have to realize that. there is some misuse of the gifts. But here's the thing that 1 Corinthians 14.39 says, Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy, and do not forbid to speak with tongues. Let all things be done in decency and in order. See, here's what you have to see. In 1 Corinthians in, first, in Corinth, there was some issues with the gifts. We're not going to try to hide that. If you read about what was going on, it was chaotic. But interesting enough, Paul didn't show up and just say, knock it off, don't do this anymore. Right? Like he didn't just walk into the room. You know, your kids are wrestling and they're, and they're misbehaving. Most of us walk in and say, stop it, knock it off, don't do this. That's not what Paul says when people are misbehaving. And misusing the gifts. He actually walks in and he just corrects the church. And he helps direct them. And he gives them information and says, here's how this is supposed to work. Here's what you're supposed to do. And it's interesting because after all of the correction, this is what he says. Therefore, brothers, desire earnestly to prophesy. So even though it's going a little crazy right now, all of you should desire this. And don't forbid speaking in tongues. Don't don't make them stop. Just let all things be done decently and in order. There's an order to it. So it's not supposed to cause chaos. So that's why we have rules to follow. That's how we have guidelines and how we operate as a church and we walk things through. Understand this. If we think about it, if we take it out of the spiritual gifts for a moment, because some people might think it can cause chaos. Think about this. How many people drove here today in a car? Not many people drove here. How many people drove here in a car today? All right, good, good. Let me ask you a question. Did you follow the rules of the road? Maybe now not not as many hands, but did you follow the rules of the road? Okay, how many of us understand that if we don't follow the rules of the road, it could be chaotic? If all of a sudden all of us went to drive here this morning and we didn't care what side of the road we drove on, we didn't care the speed, we didn't care if there was a stop sign, we didn't care if there was lights, We just said, you know what? I'm going to go down this one-way street because there's no one coming, so I think it'll be faster. I'm just going to go the other way. Right? Now it's chaotic. But even though there can be chaos, we still drive, and the way we do it is in the guidelines. And so this is why Paul has laid out for us guidelines when it comes to spiritual gifts, so it doesn't cause chaos. Could it? If we don't follow it? Absolutely. I won't deny it. But if we operate the way Paul says it, and which is in one-at-a-time Speak through each other. And here, if we have a word of encouragement, word of tongues, word of interpretation, stuff like that, we come and we talk to one of the pastors and we share it. This is why people are texting in. This is why, you might not even notice, but when somebody speaks in tongues, the ones who I know operate in the gifts, when they speak in tongues, they pause and they wait. Because they may have the interpretation because scripture tells us if somebody gives a word of tongues and nobody is interpreting, that person who gave the tongue should interpret or the scriptures actually instruct us sit down and be quiet. So I know as this gentleman over here spoke in tongues, he was watching me because he knows if he has it, he's waiting for me to signal for him to speak it because I'm actually trying to encourage people in the room. And here's just the way the Holy Spirit works. After he gave the word, I actually looked over here cuz I knew that she had it. It's just the way the Spirit works. And they both tried for a minute, but that was just distance. It wasn't chaos. It was distance. And the moment he heard her speaking, he stopped because he's giving her the the floor to speak, just the way Scripture instructs us. So it's all done in order. Number seven, not desiring a friendship with God. Some of these are tough ones because you have to realize, think through them and like, Whoa, who doesn't desire a relationship with God? Well, if we understand that Psalms 25.14 says this, He, secret of the Lord, is with those who fear Him and will show them His covenant. So if you fear the Lord and want a relationship with him, he will share stuff with you. But here's the difficult part. And here's where you in the room have to identify you online. You have to be honest with yourselves. If I'm not hearing from God, is it possible because I'm not hearing him because I actually only really seek after him when I need him to get me out of a jam? Chad, I really love the Lord when things are going bad. But man, when things are going good, I have to be honest, I don't really think about him. But man, when I, things aren't going well, I really need him. And so some people just don't really desire a friendship with him. Number eight, some of us are too busy to spend time listening to God. Now when I say some of us are too busy, it means we just don't have our priorities right. Some of us are too busy. We think in scripture where Martha was too busy doing things while Mary sat at Jesus' feet. And then Martha got mad. But Jesus actually said she's doing what's right. So some of us just need to shift our priorities. Men in the room, if this is you, if you're being honest with yourself and you're like, yeah, I probably don't take enough time, that's why I would encourage you to join us for the Promise Keepers uh, seminar, talking about managing time and the value of time in our lives, because we need him. We need to hear him. Number nine, talking instead of listening. Maybe you have a great prayer life, but it's a one-way conversation. Maybe you spend time with God, but you're just praying, 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 praying. And you're not really giving him a chance to speak. And this is why Psalms 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. Number 10, being impatient and rushing ahead. This goes right together with number 8, if we're not willing to wait. Now here's what you have to understand. If you look in Exodus 24, Moses waited six. Days for the Lord to speak. We're not going to take that much time this morning. But he waited six days. Some of us have a hard time if we're completely honest with each other or maybe just honest with yourselves. Some of us have a hard time waiting six minutes to wait for the Lord to speak. Number 11 is fearing men rather than God. Maybe you're afraid of what other Christians might think of you if you say, well, actually, I heard the Lord speak to me. Maybe you're too afraid of what men will think and think that you're crazy if you hear from the Lord. Proverbs 29, 25 says, the fear of men will prove to be a snare. Do we fear the Lord or do we fear men? You know, as I watched this morning as Pastor Melissa and Maddie were encouraging us to dance before the Lord, do you realize that with kids... And we'll all know this. With little kids, the moment you put music on, what do they start doing? They start dancing. If they're even just young enough just to kind of stand up, you'll see them starting to bob. It's only when we get older that we stop dancing. And why? Fear of men. What will people think I look like if I'm dancing? You know what? I did something during the service just for fun. I pulled up my Bible app and I just searched the word dance. And do you want to know something as I searched it? Nowhere did it say not to. I'll Just leave that with you as you are encouraged to dance before the Lord. Number 12, Satan tries to keep us from hearing from God. We see this in the parable of the sower where Jesus talks about the seeds being thrown out. And Satan comes and snatches the seeds out of our hearts. Isn't it interesting that if I asked you right now, and I'm going to do it later, but if when you write down what you believe the Lord sees when he looks at you, if he tells you he sees somebody beautiful or somebody loving and you write it down and you're like, oh, I don't know if the Lord would say that, and all of a sudden you hear this voice in your head, oh, you're unloving. How and why do we immediately go, I'm going to believe that voice? Why is it so easy for us to hear the negative thoughts and go, that's, that's truth. We need to believe that the Lord loves us, and when he speaks to us, we hear his loving words. We need to stop listening to the lies. 13, we answer, we're asking the wrong questions. Sometimes we're wanting answers to questions that we shouldn't be asking. But if we quiet ourselves and let the Lord speak to us, he'll actually tell you questions to ask. So then when you ask the right questions according to his will, he will give you the answers that you're looking for. Number fourteen, we have the fear of confusing our thoughts with God's thoughts. We have the fear of confusing His words with our own thoughts or with the enemies. But here's the thing: in John ten, Jesus tells us that His sheep know His voice. So you will know His voice. Deuteronomy four twenty nine says, "Tell us that if we seek, it tells us that if we seek Him, we will find Him." That's a great promise. To know that if you're going to sit quietly and wait on him, if you're seeking him, you're going to hear from him. You're going to find him. Now, if you're brand new to this, or even if you've been doing it for a long time, and you're like, well, I'm just a little bit nervous I'm going to make a mistake in identifying his voice. can I, I just want to let you know something. You will. You will. How do I know that? Well, I've answered the phone before of an un- call, unidentified phone number and answered it, and the person's like, hey, do you know who this is? And I recognized the voice, but I wasn't 100% sure who it was. And I didn't get it right. And it was a friend. So if you can mess up identifying your friend's voice, you're going to mess up God's once in a while. And you know what? It's okay. When you're starting out in this, and even if you're still doing it, and you're still like, man, I'm only kind of getting, I think, 50%. I'm going back to baseball. If you hit 30%, you're a Hall of Famer. Walking with the Lord, take a step. Have humility. Here's the other part of your trying to learn to hear his voice. One of the necessary characteristics that you need is humility. Why do you need humility? You need to be able to walk up to a God-fearing friend or mentor and say, Hey, here's what I believe the Lord has said to me. And be willing for them to go, Hey, by the way, according to Scripture, I don't think the Lord would say that. Here's what Scripture says. And does that line up with what you feel God is telling you to do? Oh, no, I don't think it does. Therefore, I don't think it's accurate. Oh, I'm never doing this again. No, no, no. This is why we have people around us, so we can journey with each other. Where this gets off the rails, hearing the voice of God, is when we don't have accountability. We don't have people journeying in the life with us, where we just go, well, this is what the God told me to do, and I'm just going to do it. I call that the God card, and I don't like playing it ever. Because if you're trying to walk through something, you're not sure, hey, are we supposed to do this, are we not? The moment somebody says, well, God told me I'm supposed to, how do you respond to that? But if you're in a life journey, walking together, mentorship and and strengthening with um, mentors or with different peers, you're able to have the conversations and say and be open, hey, here's what I think God said to me. What does it sound like to you? And be willing to walk that through so you're able to sort through what God is speaking to you, holding it accountable to Scripture. Because even though God will give you fresh words and fresh interpretation, fresh fresh revelation, it will line up with His Word. He will not go against His Scriptures. Number 15. And this is the one that applies to everybody. Listening for a loud rather than quiet voice. So many times when God's speaking to us, if you're looking for direction, you're looking for what God wants you to do, many of you, if you're like me, you want God to shout it. God, am I supposed to go? Am I supposed to accept this job? Yes. Am I supposed to accept this job? No. But he doesn't respond that way. We see this when we look in 1, uh, 1 Kings 19 where Elijah is hiding in a cave and he's looking to see God's glory and God tells him, go out on the cliff and I'm going to pass by you and a storm comes and an earthquake comes and a fire happens. You ever wonder if a trial might be from God or not? Just telling you, sometimes the storms and the fire actually is coming from him. But as you're standing there, what happens? All of a sudden, a still whisper and it's the voice of the Lord speaking. So don't listen for a shout. This is why we need to be quiet as Psalms 46.10 again says, be still and know that I am God. So how do we quiet ourselves to hear God? How do we quiet ourselves? Well you can write this down if you want. You can write star. And then the S stands for stop. Stop. Just stop. Don't try to fix it. Don't fix the problem. Don't fix a person. Just stop. Psalms 37.7 says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his ways, who, over, the, over the who carries out evil devices. Don't fret it. If something evil is happening, don't worry about it. Stop and wait. So the first step of walking by faith is making sure we are connected to God. Making sure our decisions are based not out of fear, but out of being connected to Him. And to do this, we have to stop. We have to slow down. T stands for take. And it means take a breath and calm down. If you're like me in many situations, you might have to take a few breaths to relax and to calm. The one thing to overcome fear in our lives or being overwhelmed is to be connected to God and to stop, take a breath, and make sure we reconnect to the Lord. A stands for appreciate. Appreciate, give thanks to God. We've already did this in a great way of worshiping him. But in the moment, during the day, you can stop. Take a couple deep breaths. Thank the Lord for what he's done in your day. Thank him for the things that you have. Give him some praise and worship. And then R stands for respond. Respond to him. In faith and in love, do the right thing. And here's the thing. If you're listening, you're waiting for instructions, whatever he tells you, obey the direction that you receive from God. So once we've reconnected to God, the God of peace, and received his heart and understand the direction, now then we have to go and respond. So we trust him, we listen to him, and we obey him. We stop trying to problem solve, we take a few deep breaths to relax ourselves, and we appreciate and thank him, and then we respond. So here's what I want you to do on that piece of paper. We're only going to take a couple minutes. But I want you to write on the piece of paper, wherever you're taking notes, I want you just to maybe take a couple spots and write in listening prayer. You're going to write in listening prayer. And if you're online, you're going to do the same thing. We're going to leave that number up so you have it for words of encouragement if you want to text in. And here's the question you're going to ask. God, what do you see when you look at me? What do you see when you look at me? And we're just going to wait for a moment, and we're going to just wait to hear from him. Zach's going to come and just play quietly. It's just so you're not sitting complete silent. But whatever the Lord speaks, just begin to write it. And here's the thing. You're going to hear some good things about yourself. And as church, we've grown up not to be prideful. Can I tell you something? You're not being prideful. Your Father is loving on you. And he's going to tell you how he sees you. You're going to write stuff down that you might feel uncomfortable writing down. You're going to write stuff down that you might not even really agree with or believe. But that's because you're listening to the lies and the Father is about to speak truth to you. And so Holy Spirit, I pray in just the next couple minutes that you just speak to people right now and tell them what you see.
1: Romans 12, verse 1 to 2, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and The next one says, you are mine. I can take this off. You are mine, precious jewels. I want to lavish you with my love constantly. I desire to spend time with you. I love you. I know I know you. I want you to know me intimately, completely. Abide in me as I abide in you.
0: The next one says, God sees me as a warrior. He wants me to trust him, to fight for my birthright, I have been reborn. I can do all things through him to lift my sword and my hands to sever, sever off tactics and developing strongholds that are trying to creep in. He is and will equip me. He is my shield, my protector, my tower. I can hide in the shelter of his wings.
1: The next one says, God what do you see? God, what do you see when you look at me? And he says, faithful. And then they say, but I don't feel faithful. And then God says, don't trust your heart. Trust
0: me. Before we read the, the last one, just want you to understand is even just the way that one was texted in, that's the way when we listen prayers, it happens. Be faithful. But God, and write down your own sentences. God, I don't feel faithful. Trust me. Have a conversation back and forth. That's what we talk about when we mean journaling. And one of the last ones to text in, it says, in our weaknesses, he is strong. There is nothing that can separate us from his love. Our hearts, our hearts, or sorry, our hurts, our failure, our mistakes, he still loves I hope you enjoyed this this morning. I know it's a little bit different for a Sunday morning, but we just really do believe that God speaks to us and through us. So I hope you're encouraged through this. I hope you actually do this at home. And so your homework for yourselves is this. I want you to memorize, this is a long one, so I want you to memorize Psalms 46 10. I took it easy on you this week. It says, be still and know that I am God. And then here's your four questions. What stood out to you today? Which of the 15 reasons people don't hear from God did you identify with the most? And then ask each other, how have your daily devotions been going the last couple weeks? And then this. Do you think you can use star throughout your day? And how? And so Father, we thank you for this time together today. We thank you for speaking to us the words of encouragement and how they've come together and just encouraging one another. And so, Lord, I thank you for the faithfulness of the people in the room and and the ones who have texted in. And Lord, just encouraging one another. Help us to understand we can do this every day and encourage each other. And so, Lord, help us to spend time with you as you speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.